All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to another episode of Quest Love Supreme. This is Unpaid Bill. Last week, we gave you part one of our in-studio interview with our friend Hannibal Burris, recording in Hollywood. If you haven't yet, check that out. Hannibal spoke about Chicago, his beginnings in comedy, and more. We're back with part two. And also, this full interview will be available on YouTube soon, so be sure to check that out too. All right, folks, here we go. I would think, like, if I'm making my foray into comedy, I would have my defense ready. Like... How do you deal with hecklers? How do you deal with how early you deal with hecklers? I mean, you try to just win the room back. You know what I mean? I mean, it's different early on when they don't know you, because then it's it's just fully combative versus dealing with it now when people pay money to see you and they might have been wanting to see you for a while and then somebody else is ruining their experience. So it's easier to to light them up and flip. You could just say like, hey, they didn't come here for that shit. And they like we didn't come here for that shit. <laughs> you ain't got a no hecklers rule. I've seen a lot of comedians have that now. Like we're... we just say it before the show, but if people want to, I mean, sometimes people say stuff, and you just, you just like it's not. They in the they in the seat, so it's it usually it's usually light work. I'd rather not talk with them just because I got an hour and a half of show and stories, so it's not really. So you gonna ignore them? No, no, no. Like, now nah, you don't really ignore if if they're loud enough because they took focus. So you just try to just settle the room and and just you know show them why they're there. Who's that? Was it said that told us that he makes sure that one of his openers is like a shooter, like mm-hmm. that comes out, said, yeah. and his mere job is to roast the audience to be like, you know, I'll embarrass you. I think Chris Rock also had. I, I, do do you know the white? Uh, yeah, he's good. Oh, yeah, Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? Jeselnik. No, no, no. It wasn't. Well, I know Jeselnik, but it's another guy. It's a new guy where he just, he intentionally just comes out in the audience mm-hmm. and talks like, <laughs> lights Cash you it. up, mm-hmm. like yeah. unprovoked, whatever. And it, you know, it's, I'm surprised that he's still living. That's how good he is at roasting. But for you, do you always have like your back pocket full of like your mama jokes or, or, no, you kind of just... I don't come to your job and, you know... Not even that. You just try to get an idea of where they at and just, you know, why they 
you know, it depends on the situation or what you were talking about. And a lot of times, I, if they interrupt, especially if they interrupted in a story, it's just as simple as saying, I don't know why you thought it was cool to say that right there. <laughs> that was a terrible spot for you to say that. <laughs> 99% of hecklers must be drunk. Uh, yeah, drunk or just, you know, yeah, it's just a... I've heckled by accident, so... You don't say. <laughs> no, that's You've heckled by accident yeah, or you've like gotten heckled? Loud. No, heckled by accident. Like, just, Uh-oh. like, I'm sorry. I thought that was a yeah. question for me. Yeah. It's but a, it wasn't. It never is. Or <laughs> <laughs> like once. people talking amongst themselves. Yeah, sometimes people talk amongst themselves and it's it's so loud it sounds like a heckle. But then a lot of times, too, it's a function of my show not being that tight yet. And so yeah. it left them too much room. Yeah. yeah, you got gaps. Yeah, it, it yeah. left too much room. And so they're like, that's my turn. I can't sit with my thoughts that long. I got something. <laughs> and so now as I've been on the road with this one, and, and now that the, the show is, you don't really leave too much space mm-hmm. for somebody to even think of something to say because you're on to the next. So that's that's what that, a lot of the hecklers happen if I'm in a in a gap and like, oh, where's my next thing? But So now where if the shit is like that, then they ain't got no room. At what point are you taking this series as in this is what I want to do for a living and are you aware of the Chicago paths i.e. you know either go the second city route so that a Steve Higgins yeah like is it general knowledge for every comedian in Chicago that either Higgins or a rep for Lauren Michaels or anyone SNL related Mm -hmm. is going to spend three weeks out there and sort of Circle the second cities and the UCBs. Yeah, well, yeah. Around then, it was it was known, but that wasn't really my my path or what I wanted to do at the time. I was kind of really locked in on on stand up. Uh, even getting SNL was a after Fallon, Seth Meyers wanted to meet, and I didn't know what he wanted to meet about because I was I didn't I hadn't submitted a packet. I had submitted some stuff the year before, and I thought it was that it was so bad that I was blackballed. I did a uh, <laughs> cast submission with some bad, I was like, here's Chris Rock being Jerry Seinfeld. It was some stuff that really wasn't as good as I could have. So I was thinking, what does he want to meet about? Because I didn't, I didn't submit any, and I damn near didn't take the meeting because I had a Priceline ticket back to Chicago. <laughs> and those got really, they had really rigid change policies. Street. So I was like, what does he want to talk about? Because. <laughs> yeah, you can't talk about it on the phone. Wait, all right. So that's another question you get answered for me. Because yeah. this is the number one thing. Every comedian friend of mine and The Tonight Show and SNL. Yeah. What is a package and what goes in those packages? Because they always say to me, well, just have her send me a package. Right. What's the What's a package? The writing packet for SNL or just in general? or If you want to be, have you written for a late night show before you did SNL? Or is that SNL your entry into writing for a show? SNL is my entry. Okay, so if I want to submit a package to SNL, what is in that package? Probably a few, a handful of sketches. This is also, you know, I'm just thinking of what the format of the, of the show is. I don't know exactly. So it'll be a, f- a few sketches, probably a commercial parody, some weekend update jokes. And you have to type this out, like submit it as a script or you do this like... video. Video or if you submit it as a writer, that you would you would have it typed out. Does it help if you have a visual to it? 
especially now, like you know, probably people now. Pick up their... You know, I was my my year was '09, so I'm sure now is, is definitely more visual because they got more visual. I think they got diff- three different visual camps in there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, and you know, it, they definitely focusing more on the on the digital. But yeah, that's, I think that's what we. It'll be a few sketches, maybe yeah, commercial parody, weekend update. Um, and that and that that's just a solid submission. So you feel right. as though that your actual stand up on that show was your you you didn't officially have to submit. I a, never yeah I never submitted anything written up. They just I met with Seth. I think the meeting was just to see if I was crazy in person or intolerable. <laughs> <laughs> and then he offered me the job at the end of the meeting. How many years were you at SNL? One year, one season. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. In my mind, you were like. Or maybe I'm just lumping you in with Tim and Shay. Shay, yeah, we never like I, Tim Robinson, Shay, and like all never overlap with Shay or uh, who's uh, or JB Smooth. Nope, you were the only lone black guy in. And uh, Keenan well, was Keenan, there. Yeah, yeah, Keenan was. Yeah, it was just uh, yeah, it was just me there. Who was uh, Fred Armisen was there? As far as yeah, it was Jenny Slates. Okay, one year there. Yeah, 2009, 2010. Megan Fox was the season premiere. So got a big that movie. Was your, that, Wait, was your, that was your first. That was the first episode. Uh, <laughs> and I, yeah. Inside joke uh, for people, that particular episode is what has started the mythical war between Mel D. Cole and I. Wow. Oh, wow. Because I had a dope uh, sweater that she liked, oh, God. and she ignored him. She's like, oh, I like your sweater. I was like, oh, thanks. And she, like, he was like, and that's sort of, <laughs> that's the beginning of our so. spy versus spy uh, on Instagram uh, thing with each other. But for you, the one thing, now I wish I would known you, known you during that period, because I'm always running to Higgins on a Monday after I watch a show, mm-hmm. because sometimes I'm trying to figure out how do things get greenlit that I can't actually see written on paper. For instance, uh, like I, I would assume that all sketches on that show that people have to sit at a table, yeah, and physically describe something, and you get feedback in the room or not. But there's some things that I literally can't see it being formed with. Like, and at this point, I'm gonna fall down the stairs, yeah. And trust me, it's gonna be funny. Like, is there a lot of that? Where's this faith that? Okay, you, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. Go ahead, write the bit. Well, yeah, people, it's the pitch meeting, the Monday pitch where everybody's in the office, in Lauren's office, and some people pitching real ideas, some people pitching fake, and and then folks write on Tuesdays, and then it's the, the read-through. That 2009-2010 season was the first, what's up with that? Oh, Man, shit. Listen, that's yeah. <laughs> my favorite sketch of all time. I love that shit. Oh, my uh, God. Did you have something to do? Like, with, No, I didn't have okay. it, but I just, you know, being there for the, the beginning was cool. I, I remember everybody was kind of singing it around the <laughs> office. Nah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the thing, though. Like, at a pitch table, mm-hmm. like, that's a bit that relies a lot on repetition. Mostly Jason Sudeikis dancing in the background. Yeah. But it involves a lot of physical things. In which how do you? I literally don't page. see how that's yeah. funny on paper, but it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the show. So yeah, I think the song carrying it in the in that setting, you know what I mean? Like everybody's just you know that was Catrice Barnes, Catrice Barnes, yeah, sugar free. Yeah. Yeah. with that? 
Yeah. <laughs> nah. Was there a, a bit that you, like, the, what was the bit that you were surprised that actually made it to air that you were a part of? I only had one sketch of my own okay. that made it. And then I contributed to others and, and contributed lines here and there. I got, Rihanna said one of my lines. That, 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 <laughs> that helped me for a little bit, just, you know. Because I popped into uh, Lonely Island office when they were working on, on Shironic because it was just, you know, wow. I, I, it was a time where I realized, okay, I'm not getting stuff on, so let me just pop in and try to, you know. Are you allowed to peep your head in and, hey, what's going on here? And then yeah, you could just, feed you a know, line? Yeah, you could just pop people in. people territorial, like. Maybe. Some people, you know, they weren't, but some people might have been on that. They might have, some people might have been more closed off than others. I'm not even, you know, those, they, I felt comfortable going to, you know, just to chop it up with them. So I popped in, they were working on Shy Ronnie, and I had actually sent him a Bangs video. You remember, let bangs. me take you to this the is movies. movies girl. And yeah. so the ha ha! Bangs 8. It's and so that's, boy bangs. yeah, that's where he yeah. got the ha ha! Yeah. That's where it came from. Ha ha! Oh, yeah. God. And okay. then it was a line. It was they were doing the Shirani. Um, and then I came up with the line, this beat cost a lot of money for okay. Rihanna to say. And so there's the CF. I was like, whoa, Rihanna just said some shit I said, man. That's crazy. <laughs> 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 it sounds like so. Did you did you really enjoy being a writer? Like it doesn't sound. I mean, I think like you it sounded like you were thankful for the experience. Yeah, it seemed like you just really wanted to just be on stage, kind of doing you. Um, I think before the second half of the season, Chris Rocket actually told me to try to get on camera, try to get on Weekend Update, and so so I met with Seth. Hey, can I get on Weekend Update? Which was it was. I feel like it was a strong ask because. You haven't proved yourself yet. I hadn't done anything, but it was just, you know, well, might as well ask. And he said, all right, write something up, and we'll we'll try it at the table. And so I wrote, wrote something. I reformatted the pickle juice joke and this other joke about rental cars or something. I formatted it as me as a financial advisor or something like that. And then we tried it at the table. It went cool. And then we did it in dress rehearsal, and actually. Then... Uh, and it went cool at dress. Oh, phew. And then it got cut. And they were like, we're going to get you next week. And then it never came. Okay, so yeah. I have a question about yeah. dress rehearsal. So in my observations there, uh, whenever you guys have the post-dress rehearsal meeting, when you guys find out if you made the cut or not, mm. I automatically know that the people that didn't make it, they always rush up to 17 and they just start getting drunk. Like, yeah. there's there's a level of depression. Oh, wow. Um, I'm giving family secrets away. <laughs> no, there's there's just a level of hope. Like, you know, you're putting all your hope that this makes it. And they do like, what? They do like an extra six or seven sketches on the rehearsal show to see what works. And then they got to cut the, the six and then remix it for the 1130 show. And usually I would know that some writers that whose jokes didn't make it. And, you know, you take that. Lonely trip up to 17 where there's always a stash of beer or like brown liquor or whatever. And people just get ungodly drunk and be like, all right, I'll try again next week. Like, But for you, were you taking stuff personal or did you feel like there's a, a, a time limit? Like, I got to get something on next week. It was just, yeah, it was tough to not get stuff on uh, because it was just, you know, I knew I was funny and I was having 
I was doing well in stand up, you know what I mean? And so I was I was having success there. Uh but yeah, it was frustrating to to not to not have stuff moving and feeling like I was creative enough to to succeed in the in the format. I think, you know, if if I did it another year because then I would have known how to move around in the building and, and just how to collaborate and and how to just and learn really the system. I, yeah yeah I learned yeah. the system because it's really I mean it's a terrible onboarding process if we're being honest you just right. <laughs> get in where you fit in you just like here's your office yeah. peace like what <laughs> onboard the word onboard was just created last year yeah, yeah. Like, shit. yeah it was just right. just get there so yeah. but the thing was I always thought that. Because I also recalled you were on Thirty Rock a lot. The like, next I mean, year, yeah. Right. So, was the decision like, okay, well, let me try? Did you write for Thirty Rock, or you were just like, I wrote for Thirty Rock. Yeah. Okay. Was that a better fit for you, or it was SNL kind of soft fired me. There was no <laughs> real, and then you just didn't get a call back for just the didn't next get season? a call back, and <laughs> then <laughs> and then Thirty Rock came through. I think because. Dono had uh, left to do community, and right. so oh, right, right, then right, they yeah. need to they feel the new person. They, they need to feel their diversity spot, and so <laughs> were uh, you there to punch up Tracy Morgan and uh, the guys? Yeah, right. I punched up. I did a lot of stuff. Like it wasn't a, a general thing. Okay. Every time I mention that on the show, people look at me like I, I just <laughs> like like I landed from another planet. But I recall. I don't know if he was saying it in jest. I mean, he wasn't saying it jokingly, but I was always under the impression that Glover's sort of existence on 30 Rock was sort of to punch up whatever Tracy Jordan's character was like to enhance his stuff. Like he did like Werewolf Bar Mitzvah and all that other stuff. And, you know, so I just assumed that when it came to Tracy's character, they needed to not look like all white people writing for the show and that uh no that was never explicitly explicitly said it was just you know you in the room with everybody and they you going line through line by the script everybody pitch on the line until something is just undeniable and you then rewrite it with that and move along but yeah it was um yeah i think the day job that was more of a regular job 30 rock was like that was every you know what i mean show up at nine or ten or whatever leave at at six and so was that challenging because that scene that just sounds like the complete opposite yeah, <laughs> it was being a comedian man you know? it wasn't it wasn't for me man but i yeah it wasn't but less stress than snl though right the thing with SNL, though, was that mm. you would have weeks off. So you might do two weeks on, two weeks off, three weeks on, one week off. And then so for that week, you could go on the road, do whatever. Ah, then plus but you not get, for TV. Not for 30 Rock. Yeah, whatever. 30 Rock was just you're on, on, on. So, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really for me man, like that. Um, How long you do that job? One season. I went through one season. Okay. But it, it was early, early on, I, was, I realized it wasn't for me. And I said, man, am I... About to quit this. I wrote out pros and cons on a sheet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> about to quit just writing or quit comedy, period? No, just, quit uh, that, that job TV, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I just said, let me just tough it out for this year and, and do it. It's a, it's a steady paycheck. But then after that, because I had cabin fever, I think I went on a road for probably eight months straight. You know what I mean? Just because I was, I went everywhere. How far in advance was the Andre show? 
And how is that pitched to you? Hmm. And does it make sense to you at the time when what Eric does that Andre- look like on paper? Thank <laughs> you. Like for real, all the sense. I think it was just more. I'm doing this thing. Um, you and you wanna, already know he's crazy. And it wasn't even. It was just you want to. It was. When did we film that? Oh wait, is he like Damn. an improved version of Hits from the Streets? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, nice Amir. <laughs> and is well, you've never done any of the. Have you done any of this? Street bits that he does, or yeah, we we did some street stuff in New York. Did the Black Israelites? Oh shit! I did uh, oh, shit. acting like uh, we did beating up the police car. I did drunk I police officer up. with a forty. <laughs> we did who get a stranger? I wrote get a stranger to let like who can get the most strangers? Let them hold their babies, which I bailed on that when I do it in real life. I was like, wait a second, I know I wrote this, but I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the planning like? Because I would assume that you would have to go to a place where you absolutely know that they do not know who Eric Andre is. Yeah. And I would see y'all real. in Harlem yeah. and yeah. <laughs> in the Heights. First couple seasons, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't an issue. Right. Twenty when it premiered in twenty twelve. But by season so three, how do you guys like cause he's such a, a cult phenomenon, how do yeah. you find you know, there were some places where I see y'all like went to like Redneck down south. Like, how do you? Oh, find- they, I didn't do those. I didn't do those travel ones. Okay. Um, and that's more on production and 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 on that that side of the game uh, as far as trying to preserve that. But yeah, the early stuff that wasn't really too much of an issue. He was able to kind of catch people off guard with with a lot of the the early stuff. Um, it was a, it was a. Has there ever been a situation so dangerous that it never made it on air? Like, whoa, we're a TV show. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think he's gotten arrested before. It's been some crazier ones when I haven't been there that I that I've seen. And, it, and there might be some other stuff that's untold that I don't even that I don't even know about if I'm not there. Mm. But uh You held face real good. Like the <laughs> shit was normal. I was like, why Dad, how did he do that? It's time. I mean, we edit out when I break, but I do break sometimes. But you just kinda, <laughs> I think sometimes you just bite the inside of your cheek to, to hold in a laugh and shit. It's little tricks. You just got to um, grit the teeth. Like, one, of, mm-hmm. one of the coolest things I learned in doing that show was how vomit is made. So there's a husband and wife team, oh. and they it's, it's like they have their own ice cream truck, and what they do is they provide... Well, no, they provide, if you ever watch a show, there's a brand of potato chips that looks like Lay's, but it's called Let's. And you'll see it, just look up Let's potato chips. It'll be on Community. It's been on, like, Scandal. Like, that's their their trademark. Like, any random snacks, and you'll look, like, in the background, be like, Let's crackers or whatever. Like, that's how they do it. But they also make, uh, they make blood and vomit. Like, he handles the art for fake cereal and fake bread and all the foods, and she handles vomit. Smart and business. so she rolled in this, like, cart, and she's like, so what's your favorite cereal? And I was like, huh? And I was like, all right, Golden Grahams and uh, Captain Crunch and, and Tricks. Peanut butter. Right. And then she'll take all that and put it in a blender, and that was my- Vomit? That was my throw-up. It was a cereal. Wow. Yeah. And sometimes they'll, you know, they'll put Random. the pump, they'll put the pump in your hand, so it's like, like that sort of thing. Okay. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so okay. I, I had to throw up on the show. I don't, I don't even know if that made the final cut, but there was a point where, like, yeah, I vomited on the drum set. So it was so tasty. Yeah. Oh, it we'll, tasted good. 
Yeah, it tasted real well, good. Yeah, because they put the cereal, all the cereals, yeah. It was all cereal. And uh, we'll be right back after these <laughs> Brought to you by Let's Potato Chip. All right. <laughs> Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so we're back with Questlove Supreme. All right, so I'm going to pick a new approach to a question that I know you're tired of answering. I'm not even going to ask you the story about this. No, no, but I'm going to ask you, do you finally feel as though the scarlet letter, quote, hashtag, of that situation yeah. is now in your rearview mirror? Uh, or seriously, or do you wake up at night like, ah, ah. Uh, no, 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 it's not in the, Rear view. No, sometimes people just hit me. It's like uh, people hit me up freshly mad, like they just found out about. Wait, to this day? Yeah, just new messages. Fuck you, man. What the fuck? And it's just like, come on, man. I, 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 I've heard every reaction you could hear to the to the whole thing, and so it's just kind of oh, that goes in this bucket. Like, 
because I've heard all of it from in, in I've heard anything you can say about it pretty much in 2014 and, and 2015. So it's just uh no, no. It's uh it's just one of those things. How did you work through that? Because I just imagine it's crazy to just one day just wake up being the most famous person in the world for something that is totally unrelated to you, you know what I mean? Um, and, and that was public knowledge, but never really. Right, right, right. right. It was a wild time, man. It was, a, you know, yeah. It was, uh, uh, that was the first time I would be on TV without knowing I was about to be on TV. <laughs> and so that was the hey, yeah, I'm just chilling and watching and like, what? CBS man, Hannibal. I'm like, wait, man, I ain't know what <laughs> Because before the hat, it was just my TV appearances, it was, you know, Eric Andre, it was my comedy special. Mm -hmm. It was my late night stuff where it was like, I know I'm gonna be on Comedy Central at nine thirty. Check me out. And so that was I'm the first time that at six. <laughs> and uh, seven. Yeah. So that, that was that was jarring. It was a lot of it was um it was heavy, man, because it kind of, we pushed stuff back because of it, because I, I was, we were getting ready to announce my Comedy Central show, but it was already in motion for a year or something before that, but then because that was happening, it was like, oh, if we announced then, it looked like it's, <laughs> I got like the deal because of that. Uh -huh. Some people still think that, but it is what it is. Oh, so you wanted to hold it back so it didn't look like they wanted to, yeah, it was, oh, I they mean, wanted we wanted to, yeah, we wanted like... to drop it right in that, that right. I don't know, but they just, you know, we, we definitely, things were adjusted and, and moved around because of it. Um, and I think it took a little, up a lot of a lot of headspace creatively um, and probably, you know, in, in some form affected the work I created at that time and maybe even now. But You didn't have nobody to lean on in a way because you were like the the first to do something like that to someone who had such a... It was a viral moment that yeah. probably introduced the term cancel culture, I guess. Yeah, for somebody who people looked at in a totally opposite way. So it's kind of like, who do you lean on when you are stressed about that? Because who been through it? Yeah. It was who did just... you call you? Who was, in, who was on your side? <laughs> who was your, your squad? Uh, gambling, alcohol, heavy, <laughs> like, heavy spending. Like, Those friends. Just yeah. <laughs> Those old like, <laughs> like getting private jets just to just say I got it. Just be like, motherfuckers, I had this shit already. Where would you it. say it kind of ended? Or, or not, I mean, not ended because, you know, you say you're still getting messages. But when do you feel like you kind of work through and it's like, all right, you know. It's, well, it's can you, in 2023, can you yeah. get through a week? Without someone bringing it up, yeah, or? yeah, I can get through a week. It's not, it's not something that's heavy like that. And I, I'm chill with what it is now, but the the initial shit was was crazy because okay. it was, oh man, this is this is intense, and it was, you know, people, you know, random death threats, and shit, I'm gonna see you at your your show, and then I'm talking shit like I'm also, I'm like, come see me there, motherfucker. About Dr. <laughs> Hustle, that's crazy. That's uh, I, who's defending him. Uh, well, no. In the beginning, we I, all yeah. were kind of, you know, don't let's keep, you know, let's keep it funky. Like I know right. the black folks, but I like, mean, what you doing, putting our business in public? Right. Well, I forgot about that part. That part. I forgot about that. Right, Hannah, but that was heavy. <laughs> so, for you though, like in terms of like doing movies and whatnot, mm -hmm. like I always feel like for you, what is the end game? Because I've yet to see. Like, have you thought about doing your own? Comedy show, like your own, well, series. Not, I know sitcoms are like what we call it now. The, uh, no series, IG Live. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it still a hustle 
or is it like where do you want to land the plane where it's like this is what I'm definitively known for? Right. Uh, yeah, there's no singular thing right now. So it's, it's pretty That's okay. fragmented. I'm not too moved by film like that as far as me wanting to make my own. I like docs. We did the one, I did the one doctor, Hannibal Takes Edinburgh. We did one for my festival, I Solar Fest. I think event, I, the event space and just live. So, and 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 helping others do do great shows too. So I got the, the, the lease on the, the old knitting factory space. Um, so I'm going to be taking oh, that over. Right. You're, you're back. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to be running that spot and, and just. Congratulations. So I think. The old in the factory, the one in the one like in, in, in Williamsburg. The city. Oh, and okay, in the yeah. Gotcha, so we got gotcha. got a got a ten year lease there. This, this is a weird side question. Did old girl work out for you, or did you work? work? Yeah, I talked with her. She's dope. She's dope. Right, yeah, cool. I got uh when I'm back out New New York, we're meeting in person. But so you're literally going to run that spot. I'm gonna run that spot. Yeah, and wow. probably do a monthly. What caused that? That used to be the old home of OK Player. Well, yeah. oh, OK Player used to be upstairs. Yeah, the space was still vacant. Knitting Factory left there. August of last year, and then the realtor reached out. Hey, still, you know, he was the new. I guess they had one for a while, and then he took he took it over. As far as marketing it, he reached out to me. Hey, man, I know you used to do shows here. What you think about it? And initially, I was like, Hell no, nah, man. What? Why is it still open? And what's <laughs> 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 the fuck going on? Why has it been open for a year? And then I just kind of started, you know, running the numbers in my head. I said, this could be really, this could be something really cool, man, just to, and it's a great story to, you know, I hosted, I was, I did the first night there in 2009, which led to me hosting my, my comedy night there. My comedy night was on Sundays because that was my only off day from SNL. Right. Were and, you, were you part of, uh, you and Tara did hip hop karaoke one night? Like, I remember DJ Tara, yeah. Was it? Were you there? With, like, were you running that hip hop karaoke? Thing no, we just it? did that special for my birthday. That was my thirtieth birthday. Y'all came through. Oh, I thought that was like a weekly thing. No, we I, just, I was like, oh, this is dope. No, we just did it up for my birthday, and uh, and 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 yeah, it was uh, twenty thirteen. Okay, thank you for coming through. By the way, that was fun. Yeah, but yeah, man, it. I'm hyped about that because it, it just gives me. I love going to shows and seeing dope shows. So what's your vision, like, in your mind? This is dope because, yeah. you know, folks like you don't do whole venues. It's great. Yeah. So you can just put whatever you want. That's yeah, just to, you, you know, I want to get the a dope screen in there, like, get the visuals right, just, you know, really make it my own. And it's 300 caps, so that's a great. What kind of shows you think? All types of, uh, like. Just a dope artist, man. You know, book to my taste and and, oh, so, but and I forgot and also, Factory's music also. Yeah, but I, I thought you were just going to turn it. Nah, it's comedy. gonna be yeah, it's gonna be everything. You know, everything you when, are. more more yeah, it'd be probably more music. You know what I mean? It, it'll be leaner. When you're working out comedy in New York, mm-hmm. because I know that there's different communities up there, like yeah, the established comedy seller and then kind of the Vegasy. I don't want to say hack. I I don't know what to call the Vegas type of comedian, but that's yeah. always like a Midtown Manhattan, Caroline sort of thing. Right. And then there's like the the Brooklyn set where like Wyatt or you know I guess they call it alternative. Is Brooklyn really considered like the the alternative comedy hub? Like I don't think I would see Chris at any spot in Brooklyn. So Chris came through Knit. A bunch. 
Word. Yeah. Oh, okay. Chris, Chris came through net. Right. Dave came through net. Well, there's some people that just have no fear and yeah. go, but like, is that still, is it still not segregated, but is it still like the all comedians don't mess with the Vegas comedians who don't mess with the whatever the A list that yeah. Comedy Seller represents? I'm not one to speak on the, the current scene right now because I haven't been, I haven't lived in New York full time since. Um, 2016, 17. I've been out. I've been out west. Okay. So I'm not really even well versed. I just kind of, if I, I just started doing comedy in New York recently, and I'll, I'll pop out a cellar. You know, I'm really not one to speak on all the dynamics. Is the is the cellar a spot that you trust? Because most comedians tell me that you have to work out in a spot that is hard. Like Chris is like, no, I'm going to Palm Springs, Florida. Right. I'm going to there's a spot in Ohio. He mm-hmm. wants he wants an audience that he doesn't resonate with whatsoever. And if they can laugh, then he knows he has something. But if yeah. you're in the comedy cellar, then it's like your boys are there egging you. Like, yeah, yeah, that's dope. And then it doesn't work. I For me, just doing an hour on the road, now you're trying to headline. So that's where you, you know, I'd rather, I don't really even do that many 15 minutes. Like pop up on my show. And I want to do an hour because some of my, some of the pieces and stories now is 20, 25 minutes on their own. So it's, I'm not going to figure that out there. Uh, so I think just working on it, you you get better as a headliner by by headlining. And so this recent run, it made me realize for my last, before I put out Miami Nights, my last tour was all theaters, um, which is cool. And it's, and it's nice to be able to do, but it made me realize I ain't really like really hammering a show in the club and just you know, getting the timing right, and and doing five in a weekend, and and having to you know perform through, you know, waitresses and whatever walking through, <laughs> and just you you know get the get the show tight, and then taking it to theaters, which I'm doing now, and so I'm noticing the difference in the in the quality, and, and as far as just making the show bulletproof through 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 just working on it. So it's been I'm I'm hyped, man, because I've been and, you know I've just been moving around and and and. It's been it's it's an exciting time creatively. I wanted you to uh, talk about specifically Miami Nights mm. and you know your decision to put it out on YouTube. Yeah, and just talk through that whole experience because it was something for me. It was really inspiring. I mean, we yeah. talked in private about it, but yeah. it was uh, really inspiring. I think a lot of artists it would uh, I think it would inspire them to hear that story. Like, I, which can share with that. Miami Nights, it was uh, a lot of it was the decision making around it was definitely based in emotion. Because of you know it was me dealing with my my false arrest and all of that, and so you know going to the marketplace, it was tough for me to put a price on it, and so it was like <laughs> they say this amount, I'm like motherfucker, yeah, what are you talking about? It's because I couldn't just it was not it was not business in that way to me, and so that was a big part of it, and then just doing the negotiation in pandemic and. And having a lot of time to think, it was about we were about to go to Netflix. Um, we no wait, and it wasn't on oh, Netflix talking about it. It was delivered to Netflix. We were they were subtitling that shit, and I pulled it. <laughs> Why? Because it just I was just thinking about it, man. I, and and it was just it was part. It was short term vision, long term vision. Where it didn't look like the road was happening in the fall, mm-hmm. and so. And he was signing away the entire 
the entire thing, and I didn't think the price point after sitting around thinking about it because I wasn't in motion. You're your own manager? Uh, at that time, I did not have management. I had agent. Yeah, I had agent. Okay. That was, that was, but it was just, you know, yeah, me and my thoughts was my manager. Uh, <laughs> and so it was just somewhere I didn't. I, I'm I'm happy with the decision. I wish I just did it earlier because I know they were salty and I had some. I, I got relationships over there that was before they were even at Netflix. But uh, yeah, so I decided to go YouTube just to keep the keep the ownership of it and and put it out that way. Um, and yeah. YouTube ownership is like because I was wondering. I'm like, don't they still own? No, Something. YouTube okay. doesn't own anything. Okay. okay. Uh, and then I took it down from YouTube too because I just it was weird releasing something in the in the pandemic and not having any live energy around it and, and movement. And then, and then, and so now it's just down and I be thinking I'm going to put it back up and, and, but it's no, I don't have no urgency. And I kind of like the idea of having a special that people can't really see. No one see. can't find <laughs> Like <laughs> that one thing in your canon that. <laughs> nah, you like, create your own scarcity. You're yeah. Good. And so it's just, it's no, I don't want to, you know, I like just having, you know, you know, Maybe who knows when it'll go out? It'll go out eventually, but it's not a. It's not. A, I have to do it like that. It's just well. You know. I'll ask you because I still say that that's the two things that I've not seen a comedian do yet, and I feel like comedy should be something which a comedian will a- attempt to go in uncharted territory. And so th- there was a, a what's his name's boy who did. The comedy special with no audience. Uh, oh, uh, Drew. Something. Yeah, Drew. Is, can't remember. Right. The white guy. Drew Michael. Yeah. Drew Michael. Yeah, yeah. But also, I believe Silverman once did a special in which it had to have been at least maybe like 18 people in the room. Right. Like, but it was just an intimate, which I felt like, oh, that must be hard, like to try to make 18 people gut laugh in that manner. But I mean, are there for you? Is there any desire to figure that out, or is it just like, nah, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like just do. You just doing a different messing with the format. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of ways to to just try it, man. Um, man I think the drive-through shows you kind of. I mean, the drive-in shows you did. Yeah. So why kinda... didn't you like the? Well, you said disasters drive-through. Bruh, that sh- <laughs> man, dog. That shit was just. They respond with beep beep beep. Yeah, the honking, and it's just a disconnect. There's no, you know, you have, see faces. You can't see faces. People either in their cars or, or sitting on a. There's no connection, and so that, you know, especially you know, I was rusty too, you know what I mean, with no real, and so then jumping back out mm-hmm. in my first gig stage, is yeah. is nothing I practiced for the past, you know. 18 years or whatever so it was just a weird experience i um yeah it was i remember cleveland was the first show it was facing a highway <laughs> and it was a train it was a train track to the right so a uh, stage was facing the highway audience didn't see it. so i'm so i'm seeing fedex trucks and then the train got really active during my set <laughs> and i hadn't even been on stage in months so i'm i'm and I am like, whoa, this is terrible. Uh, but, but because the audience is listening to radio, that's not their experience. So they're not bothered by the train. They're not even seeing the trucks. So I'm just 
motherfucker on stage complaining about trucks and trains. <laughs> and so it was just one of those where I was like, man, I wanted to, and I man, we got about six more of these. And it was, it was funny to flip because initially I was super excited to get that tour going just to get something going. We out here. Yeah, yeah. And then I actually announced because somebody else was uh, taking too long. It made sense that they was taking too long because it was a dicey situation. So they was thinking about it. And so I said, no, we about to announce. And I announced and then we get out there, and I said, man, I'm, I want to cancel the rest of these. What am I doing? <laughs> we kind of figured it out, and it got better, but it still wasn't It wasn't an ideal. Yeah. It, was, it, was a, it wasn't an ideal situation. As far as just flipping stuff, I mean, you make it, you know, we did the Hannibal Takes Edinburgh thing where that was a bunch of shows in one yeah. place and, and, and adding the, the docu, documentary element. I think people like story and seeing, seeing that part of it. I got some. I got another idea for for something for for a special that involves some some traveling and some some moving around. So mm-hmm. there is ways to flip it because there's been so much just stand up done, just somebody standing on a stage. Uh, so anytime you could figure out a, a different visual element or, or something else, um, you know, it could it makes it be creative because the jokes are gonna be the jokes no matter where you do them. So it's just how to how to figure out how to flip it. Man, I wanted you to uh, talk about I Solar Fest yeah. that you pulled up because that shit was insane. So, um, <laughs> yeah, how do you get however many thousands of people that you got to yeah. a small town that, you know, you probably couldn't even find on the map? Yeah. <laughs> I Solar Fest, uh, December 2019, I had the, the idea. I have a, a little club. Me and my cousin own a, a club in, in I Solar, Mississippi. That's where my, my mom's side of the family's from. And so I had the idea to do uh uh do I wanted to do some shows down there just to draw attention. The population of this town is what? a thousand or less. Uh super yes. small town. But I said, you know what? You do the right shit, people going people show up. And so I wanted to do a show down there. Um and then I, I first heard, I hit up T Pain expecting him to say no it was really just a practice call <laughs> what? just a practice call just practicing my pitch yeah. i'm gonna let him say no i hit up t-pain hey you want to do the show in i solo shit i never thought of that <laughs> i need that <laughs> advice right the fuck now. i'm doing this shit wrong yeah. i gotta call up uh red <laughs> kingpin right, 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 right. practice on them then hit dr dre right. okay. yeah. i'm expecting to know and he, he i said you want to do the show in Isola? I'm thinking of this. He said, yeah, I do. I said, what? And so then I escalate into I said, from being a one-night thing to a three-day festival, which oh, was unnecessary, wow. yeah. but we got the memories and the experience. Uh, and then and then it was we was only doing it on three weeks notice because the play was to do it in December. So this was, I guess, late November that I was trying to execute this. And then and – then, uh, we were going to do it properly the following Memorial Day weekend now that we established it and everything. And then, um, and we did, it was cool, man. It's was, it was a lot of challenges you could imagine is to doing a, a show in, in rural Mississippi, but it was, it was dope to, to have it come together after, you know, cause it's, you know, brought a lot of artists down and, and people, it, we, it wasn't thousands of folks. It was, you know, a few hundred, um, but it was it was people came from from everywhere to the, you know a, a lot of spots in the south and the folks that that went to it hadn't seen anything like that there before so you know you could see that genuine appreciation um, and I'm, I'm gonna try to get that I'm gonna get that back rolling and and do a lot of updates to the club too once once uh, 
get my Brooklyn stuff going. The, the goal is to have like kind of stuff trickle down to there, and maybe I'll start booking folks on the Isola Brooklyn run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, for real. Nah, for real. But uh, yeah, I want to you know just have yeah multiple multiple venues and 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 build like that and just you know really really do some cool stuff in the live space. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. When you did the Spider-Man movie? Yeah. Which one? uh, Well, I, I recall that at one of the premieres, you had sent a sub... Yeah. To go in your place. Right. Where did that come from? MF Doom. Yeah. Uh, I guess partially that. It was just really, I want, I was on set at Tag and um, they needed me for that day. And I didn't want to not have any presence there. You know, I didn't want to just be, I can't make it. It's a Spider Man. So premiere. how did you. So he looked like him? Like how did you. Like? No, I don't think he. He just, nah, he didn't really look like me. Just a little bit taller. He was bald. Uh, and I just but like how did me. you how did you one how did you find him and what was the game plan and did you warn the Spider Man people that you're sending a sub in your place? No, uh, I found him. I tweeted it out, and then I wasn't get. I said, Bruh, "Hey, I need a lookalike." I tweeted it out. <laughs> I love this. I need wild. a lookalike. Uh, you know, have decent comedic time, and I forgot what the ad was, but put that out. 
And then it was a bunch of folks that was emailing that weren't serious as white folks. It's like, come on, man, I'm trying to do something here. (laughs) 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 Come on, man. (laughs) I know we messing around. Was he able to fool fool anyone in the press line? Yeah. So then he reached out. He had actually been a stand-in for me on something for the MTV Movie Awards or VMAs (laughs) on something I shot. Okay. So... He could be trusted to not do nothing too yeah, crazy yeah. out there. You know what I mean? Some people might get in that environment. And, ah, <laughs> so he's somebody trying to keep working. He, yeah, so he's he trying. Yeah, so up. he kept the cool. And so then I just sent him all of my credentials and everything that they sent me. So when he pulled up to the with the car, you know what I mean? And security, he could just show that. <laughs> they fell for it. And so, yeah, I mean. That's some Andy yeah, Coffin shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he got there, did an interview. It was crazy seeing it progress like that because we were watching him on live because there was <laughs> a lot of downtime on the tag set so that's what I put that together and just watching that <laughs> I don't think nobody's ever done this before either and uh, you know what I don't think I've here's the funny thing uh, that was done to me before you were like Kamau Bell what are you <laughs> no <laughs> here, no here's the hilarious thing I thought I told this story before um, Letterman had hosted the Emmy Awards and it was disastrous, or at least critics thought it was a disaster job. So kind of Letterman's middle finger to the Academy, because, uh, oh, shock, shockers, they'd invite me to the 1996 one. And so he was nominated uh, for, like, Best Late Night Show, whatever. So he was like, I'm going to send out a sub. Now, uh, this is Tupac Dive, what, September 13th? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is... Let's say September 5th of 96, I went to the store to buy a suit because this is the very first time that I'm drumming for D'Angelo for the Brown Sugar Platinum Party. This is when, like, this is the very time, first time me, Pino, like, everyone's doing that. And Letterman happened to be in that store buying a suit for, if you remember the character on the show, Larry Bud Melman. Do you remember Larry? Sure. Right. Legendary uh, character on the Letterman show. And so Letterman's looking at me in all my primitive exotic glory, like this, you know, six foot three Afro guy walking in. He doesn't know who or what I am. No one knows. And they were just like, hey, would you like the, the suit? And I was inadvertently part of the sketch. And then they were like, what are you doing on Sunday? And literally the thing flips and Larry Bud. Uh, Melman and I are like David Letterman's representatives for the Emmys. What? And all I remember was who's old boy from uh, Scrubs? I'm sorry, I know Scrubs okay. as in the sound effects. Don Donald, yeah, face Donald Faison, yeah, yeah. And that's the moment where Donald, like Faison, was like in tears, like Tupac just got shot, and like literally. Oh shit! Yeah, it like. That's how it, but I was, I was Letterman's standing. standing. Yeah. And then maybe a week later, <laughs> they realized, the show realized like, you know, this isn't a random guy. Like this guy is an actual, <laughs> like they put him on, but then. But you got to go to the. That made me, well, yeah, but then it also made me a friend of the show. And then that's, the roots could not get on Letterman at that time during that, do you want more Philadelphia yeah, yeah. period? So that kind of opened the door. So yes, yeah, so I was David Letterman's. Uh, proxy. 
I like that you know Scrubs because of the sound effects. That's a whole <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, I didn't know, like, I didn't know what show. I was like, nope. Thundercats. Like, no, <laughs> but between between Parker Lewis can't lose and Scrubs. Woo! Like they were just you know him <laughs> and the <laughs> gentlemen cinema. cinema oh, watches. in between transition yeah, yeah. scenes. Well, Got you. Not that. I mean, but also they would just show up like, hey, where's your <laughs> right? You're right. You're right. You're right. Be sound effects. Yeah. So, sorry. All right, yeah, yeah, I don't call it Scrubs. I just call it. But. <laughs> 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 I want to ask you, uh, Hannibal, when you going out on tour, when we're touring with rappers, yeah. what do you pick up? Like, what do you learn? You know what I'm saying? Because stepping into a new kind of uh, a new kind of performance, yeah. <laughs> What's some of the stuff you you're watching for and you learn when you watch other MCs perform? Just the um, just rapping with with force. You know what I mean? And and clarity. Yeah, just that part of it, just make and just create moments for yourself. Like, because at this point, people listening, but they don't know my songs. And so I just can't rap at them blindly. They know it, yeah, yeah. And so it's just kind of creating the moments, either a cappellas or you walk them into the song, like explaining with the story, or, hey, here's the hook to this, or, you know, those parts of it, because it's forcing me. I can't just lean on, y'all know this shit. They do not know that shit, but they're, <laughs> <laughs> but they willing to learn. And so that part of it, of just the energy and just, you know, yeah, this, you know, figuring out the, the pacing of a, of a set. and Who are some MCs that you've watched, though, and you've been like, you know what? He got that. I need to work on that myself. Fonte. Okay. Fonte. I was thinking that when you was talking. Yeah, was Fonte. Just, yeah, y'all Fonte rock. is a charismatic motherfucker. Yes, he is. Oh, on stage? You it's a problem. Say. Yeah. Fonte <laughs> intro me in Raleigh. Or, yeah, Raleigh yeah, in right, 2013. Because yeah. I asked him, you want to do something? He's like, I'll do the intro. And then... He he went up and intro me. He was like, "Ladies and gentlemen, everybody, he got everybody standing up." Did it too good. It was, <laughs> it was great. I was yeah. like, I didn't know that was possible. I didn't know you could start a show like that. Yo, man, I, yo, I swear for it was a period of time I was damn near Hannibal's agent and booking agent when he came to Raleigh. He called me that same show. He called me. It was I got a call the night before. Hey man, I'm coming to Raleigh. You know what I'm saying? You know some ballerinas? <laughs> <laughs> you were the man in Houston? Uh, I was the guy in Houston. You was the was man in Houston. Bro, he, he was like, yo, you know some ballerinas? I'm like, yes, I got this bit I want to do. I just, I'm going to just rap, but I want ballerinas with me. I'm like. And you did, did I'm you? like, bro, let me see what I can do. And I called some, I knew some people. And he got, we had like three, four ballerinas. That was the night um, Damien was open for you. Damien Lemon. Yeah. He, yeah, he Damien. For yeah. You. Oh, my God. I and, went to college uh, with Damien. That was uh, so wait, good. Oh, it was a, that was a great show. You went show. to college? Motherfucker! <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that you know ballerinas. Yeah, so and it was, and I was like, and then like he called again, and the funny, it's funny. This is maybe a couple years later. You, you hit me again. I was like, yo, man. So I got, I'm doing a show here, wherever. I need somebody to open for me, and I, you know, somebody. And I had a homie of mine that was, you know, making some noise. He was trying to, you know, get in the game. And I just hit him like, yo, bro, you want to open for Handle tonight? He was like, yeah. And he went and did it, and I hit Hannibal next day. I said, how'd it go? He was like, oh, that nigga bombed. No. <laughs> he was like, oh, he wasn't good at all. I was like, all right. Yeah, it just was yeah, it just wasn't, you know. Different kind of intro. <laughs> did he have potential, though, Hannibal? Did he have potential? It's, uh, I, potential to bomb some more. Yeah. You had to ask me right afterwards. It's been a okay. couple years. Okay. That was 2017, but mm -hmm. it was, you know. Yeah, and it was funny, because yeah. he was you were laughing like hell just talking about him bombing. I thought it was the funniest <laughs> shit. <laughs> but uh but nah man, I um we when we did that show, when we did uh 
the la- the run we did, the LB run in March. Yeah. And um, I I hit you up and I was like, yo man, you want to do it? Because me and Pooh were just thinking we was like, yo, we didn't want to have just a you know a traditional quote unquote like right. Yeah. We wanted to show people like, look man, this is is really it's really an experience. And you know I had you had sent me some of your music, and I think you had first just put out the SU Tune EP and you yeah. had sent me stuff and I was like. I was like, okay, like this shit is actually like good. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I hit you and um you were down to do it. And I remember that night. I watched the show that night. I watched pretty much, I mean, pretty maybe all let's say for like yeah. the last maybe five minutes, ten minutes, whatever, because I had to get ready. But um now nah, I watched the show, man, and it was so dope to see you had the crowd. Like you, I mean, you had them, you know what I'm saying? Cause they, you know, our crowd, like they if you was whack, they'd let you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you was with them, and even afterwards, you know, we had people coming out. They was like, "Yo, that was a great show. We had a great time." And I didn't even know Hannibal rap. I, you <laughs> damn near got a deal that night. I don't even know if you realize. <laughs> yeah, it was a dude was like, "Yo, if he want to do something, whatever." <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But um, but nah, I just always appreciate it, man. That um, you know, you always like looked out for me, and just you know, we always just connected. You threw each other opportunities, and so um, I that was just a, a great show that we did. And I really appreciate that you coming. That was fun, through. man. Thank you for having me. Are Bob. you looking for a music deal? Uh, I don't. I'll be open to the conversation. Yeah, I'd be open to the conversation. I could use some help lifting. Somebody (laughs) has approached you already. I'm no, nobody's approached. Yeah, we'll just you know we keep rocking. Get your leverage up. Yeah, and I'm and I'm I book myself for my (laughs) keep it a passion. Yeah, uh, where does the name come from? Su, Su is uh, everybody think you Nigerian. So (laughs) it's the trickster god from. Nigerian mythology. I looked up African mythology. Man. When I, started. I was hoping. I was like, this sounds so Nigerian. Man. I didn't want to put that on Hannibal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? What's up? No, I once got scammed by a, a Nigerian. I mean, oh. who, who has <laughs> not? Yeah. This is, Join the what? club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of the continent. Like, the, literally called. $20 million. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Okay. So, just in general, though, you, you do so many different types of things voiceover acting podcasts uh, music comedy etc and i'm sure they all have their own individual challenges but at some point does it all just become one thing or just become entertainment and you just say i'm just gonna entertain yeah well in the right now the focus is kind of really shrunk into just uh most music and, and comedy is the is the main thing. I haven't been really acting like I did. I do. I did one thing last year. I did what we do in the shadows. Did a day. I really, I really ain't acting on nothing. If it's, if the ask is more than a day, it's like if we can't get it done in a day, I don't want to do it. I don't care what it. <laughs> and so, Damn. okay. Talk heavy. <laughs> I get it. It's just hurry up and wait. It's just hurry up and wait. But it, so with the music and comedy, what's been cool is some of the some of the concepts from comedy you know that i just were just alluded to have become songs like, like veneers. veneers was <laughs> was just like a throwaway joke like yeah i got these tvt veneers and then and then something else you know struck where i was like oh that could be a song and even now i tell this you know i i tell this whole story in my stand-up about you know uh going to my grandmother's funeral leaving the funeral and then being in uh like just driving aimlessly, I ended up stopping in Shreveport, gambling, drinking, and 
it's a whole thing, and I'm leaving Shreveport. This guy gets shot at the gas station while I'm there. He dies, and this whole thing. Mm. It's a wild day. Where I was like, whoa, just because I ended up drinking too much and gambling at the casino, they took my keys even though I wasn't driving, and it held up, and then I ended up being a goddamn murder witness. And so uh, it was a wild, wild week. And so, but then I talk about that in comedy in one way, and then I also talk about it in the song, the, the same story. Yeah. But then the the comedy has different expectations than the than the storytelling in the music. Where in the in the music, I just focus on the details of the story and moving it along. It's not much humor in it. Where you know, with that type of stuff in comedy, you got to flip it, or it's just gonna be real depressing and dark in the room. <laughs> but you you know, it's little. So it's just having those is. Same thing as certain ideas for stand up lend themselves to a sketch or yeah. something might expand to a movie or we it might be a conversation topic. It's just about how you choose to position any idea. How did you link with Kiefer? That he's one of my yeah. favorite like Kiefer's producers, dope. musicians. Like Kiefer's so dope, man. How does uh, that go? I heard he produced Yada Yada, Anderson Pack, and I heard that track and I, and I just Love pack performance and writing on that, and I love the beat too, just the feeling of the keys. And so I just reached out to him um, in in 2020. Like, Yo, this is dope. When I'm starting to do music, and he sent me um, he sent me a few beats, and and the one for kept about three. It's just the way his chords are. They just really take you to a thoughtful place, and you start just like, oh, he's like, yeah, and another thing. Oh, yeah, I remember. It, it just brings a lot. His, his 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 music brings a lot out of me as a, as a writer. It's another track we have uh, the two that just kind of you, you, it, it puts you in that reflective place. Um, and so yeah, he's a, he's a really dope artist, and just his his music he's just really makes me realize. Oh, I got a lot to say. Sometimes you hear stuff, you're like, oh, was it like when I when it with the right beat of his, it just everything starts flowing. Yeah, you know, often Shazam songs that. I don't know, you know who who they are, and for some reason I've been very late to the the QL Chris and Quelly Chris. Que, I always said QL, yeah. yeah. Quelly Chris and and the Gene Gray project, yeah. Everything's and, fine. Wow, that shit was brilliant, man. Yeah, I was like Jesus <laughs> Christ, and then I was like shit. Like I I religiously read Pitchfork, and I missed that review. Like, Gene's back. She's back. No, this was from a year. This, this was like was years I ago. think 2017 or 18, 18 or 19, something like that. Yeah, but, but I, I heard it somewhere, and it it was the song John that you were on. Like, are you ever going to work with them again? Or I got some. Uh, I got a couple unreleased joints with Quelle. Actually, I got a bunch of stuff that I got to just start letting letting fly. Nah, man, uh, you, Quelle, Open My Eagle, like, y'all yeah. are, like, just some of my favorite yeah. artists, man. Like, y'all y'all dudes, like, I I really fuck with y'all, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's, it's off the beaten path, but it's still, you know, it's quality still soulful shit. and quality, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's quality shit. Quelle's a dope, a dope producer, man. He's a dope producer. There's one track that sound like a soul track, um, and, I, and then I, I had it for a while, and I said, what's the sample on this? And then he sent me what the sample was, and it was just some just Japanese cartoon theme song. But right. <laughs> I thought it was that's a seventy. That's one brand. <laughs> I thought it was a seventy soul sample or something. Nope, right. it's just some. It's not what you think it is. But it was it was dope to that type of sampling where it's not where he completely flipped it and, and put it in another world. You know. Before I close, I I would like to ask you, um, and I guess he went on record about it before, but keep. Talk about like how sobriety has changed you and and transformed you to who you are now, just like as a family man. And oh, I'm not sober. 
<laughs> so I was, I was waiting for that. I was waiting. I, I fell right for now. it. That was the best <laughs> shit. That was great. Ever. <laughs> no, I saw this interview where you were like really getting sober on certain things. Yeah, I was sober at that interview. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was sober around that time, but this that was probably the, that was probably I'm guessing that was 2019, 2020 or something like that. Yeah. This is the a perfect long, inter- long this is the perfect ending of an interview. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I swear to God, like you gave a really heartfelt answer about like no at that time life yeah. series and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Okay, well, I had a good run. Three welcome years. Welcome back, motherfucker. By the way, yeah. I want to apologize for. You know, I I uh, ran on the stage when y'all were doing an event sponsored by Bud Light. Uh, <laughs> Yo, nigga, I forgot about that shit. <laughs> I need this story now. Oh my god, it's really not a big deal. It's it's like you know you do those. Uh, it was like what Super Bowl time or something like. That? It was South by Southwest. And, Same uh, thing. You know, and when it's a corporate <laughs> yeah, gig, totally the Sure, idea. there's right. there's there's regular gigs, and, and then, then there's VIP. corporate gigs. Right. Okay. And you know. You know, Hannibal was there, so we were like, hey, just get on mic and talk. And he talked about the, the taste of the beer was not too savory. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, I love but it. it was like in front of the president and all that Kid Rock Bud Light moment. I like it. All right. real, now, Sean G was catching a heart attack because yeah. he didn't want to drop the bag, this, but we was laughing our ass off. This like, is the sto- No, y'all didn't. Hey, you didn't see I, them laughs, huh? huh? No, no. I, isn't, he remembers it differently. Is, I remember it completely. I didn't ask to go on stage. <laughs> Y'all didn't tell me. I just went up there. Because Seth Herzog, yeah, Sir, Seth Herzog was hosting. Right. It wasn't specifically. It was a. Uh, it was a special drink that they had, like Bud Lime or something. Yeah. And I remember, like, hey, what? Y'all ain't, y'all ain't got no other shit in here. <laughs> <laughs> he he was like Ruby. He was like Ozzy D. Uh, Ozzy D. Ruby Davis. Ruby, Ozzie, Ruby Davis. Ozzie Davis. Stop okay, it. and I learned what a spoonerism was two days ago. So that's an example of a spoonerism. Oh, okay. Where you say the, the name. Yeah, and say you fuck up a word. Where I call you Conte Pullman. Oh, okay. You know yeah, what I mean? Okay. But old any, people call it old If you ever calls you that, let me know. Yeah, that's the yeah. sound of yeah, that's Conte. the sound of a stroke. That sounds like a totally different situation. <laughs> All right, sorry. That's a, yeah, but it's it's I maybe because the years have went by. Yeah. Wait, was that a serious moment or? It wasn't serious, but it was just, it was, uh, I think that was 2017. But then after, now that I uh, understand the economics of traveling with a band, <laughs> then I, I felt even more bad about it. I was like, oh, <laughs> they That's got like, like 20 people with them. <laughs> I mean, we never lost the account. I, I know. Just think, I, you know. Just, I know. It was, I think. I mean, the Bud Light people were definitely, I believe, up in arms and Sean was like, a little nervous, but whatever. But. They've had bigger battles since. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I'm I'm glad we got to make this happen. Do you, do you have anything? Uh, I, that that shirt. Is that Hebrew. Yeah. yeah, this is Hebrew. Yeah, Hebrews. Uh, he had a installation in Chicago in 2020, Nevermore, where it was a bunch of his art and different pieces. Uh, he's he's one of my favorite. Artists. I just bought yeah. a piece off of him. Uh, we bought a couple weeks ago. I gotta put us Hebrew. on Hebrew, okay? Hebrew Brantley, but not um, spelled like Hebrew. Not 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 E W, but H E B R U. That's Hebrew Brantley. Not like he's our on, people, different Hebrew. Yeah, different but tribe. is he the different people? Tribe. Oh, yeah, different tribe. No, nah, he's okay. not. Yeah, he's he's one of us. Okay, you know okay, I mean? okay. Yeah. Different, different tribe. You know Same know thing, you know. But yeah, um, but nah, he I'm trying um, to see what this conversation is going to figure out which theme I'm about to play. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to talk about original Hebrew, so you might want to play mine because I did well, some real fast. I went, yeah. I went to Hebrew studio when I first moved to LA in 2019. He was showing me pieces of the thing, I'm, and then he was like, "Yeah, it's a hundred thousand dollars." I was like, "Oh, I didn't know it was like I knew you were doing good." <laughs> 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 he was like, "Here, I'm a, I'm a gift you these." 
these prints, brother. I was like, thank you very much. It's out of my budget. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I know he mm-hmm. rently, yeah. Uh, he's, he's dope. Conte. Yeah. Yeah. I'm for, uh, yeah, there's. <laughs> we're just, <laughs> just Conte, Conte Pullman. Yeah, that's my bizarro persona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but nah, man. I um uh, I'm, I'm glad you uh you know we finally got a chance to do this. You've just um always just been one of my favorite comedians and just yeah you know just hey, one man. of my you know. One I of my swear this is our game, second man. episode. I got a list of a couple of other folks that you can do what you did for uh, us with the other dude. I just was thinking that. That's all I was thinking. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. I just we we'll talk about it later. Wait, are so we, what are you talking about? I tell you talking about other folks for me to. Y'all, 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 play us out, play us out, yeah. Where did this come from? Uh, the the harmonica? Yes. This, uh, I got one, we were just in, I think it was, yeah, beginning of 2020, I was at Guitar Center with, uh, with Aaron Allen Kane, and she was like, let's get harmonicas, and I was like, why not? And so then I was just And it was just har- called you. And then I was just playing a harmonica. And then I think I was playing it online, just joking around. And then uh, Frederick was like, let me get you a good harmonica. Oh, wow. Frederick, Frederick. Got like, yeah. Wow. Like, give me, let me get you a good harmonica. So he sent this one. And then uh, and then I, before I was about to come here for the podcast, I saw it. I was like, I'm going to fuck him up with the harmonica. What other secret talents do you have? Talents, but I just want to. I'm working on drums. I got a drum kit at the crib. Hey, okay. And so, and and I want to learn keys. And I think I'll make my best music after I got kind of proficiency at an instrument for three or four years. You know, and, and, and so I do want to, at some point, be able to drum in some in a band or sit in and it's and, easy. and not have people be like, you're fucking up. You know what I mean? I want to be able to do that. And it's I think easy. it'll definitely help my production and 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 music creation. So I think once I, you know, keys and drums, it'll it'll take the music up. At the time in the pandemic, uh we did a bit where you were uh cooking and whatnot. So how's how's your uh like once the pandemic was over, have you stopped your I'll tell you about that. Cause that I was uh when we you did that was the Quest Love what was the name of yeah, that? Yeah, Quest Love Food uh thing. I didn't I had a misunderstanding on what the demands for that was going to be. And I remember <laughs> the I, assignment was. Because then, because I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And and then, and so uh, I had a little bit of mushrooms because I was like, hey, we just we just out here. I had a, but I didn't know what. And then I opened, they said, the kid is outside your door. And I opened my door and it's lights and a camera. Oh, and I was shit. like, oh, no, I ain't no. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had asked, uh, this was. Um, during the pandemic, uh, I guess the Food Network had asked me to put together an hour special uh, asking my notable friends, you know, for recipes and whatnot. Right, what, did, know, what did you make? I forget. I just remember I just remember the panic of having these people on Zoom and they were like, you know, put the lights there and can you plug it in? And, and just I was like, oh, man, I didn't know I was about to be a gaffer up in here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Man. Do you remember and that was the part where I was so overwhelmed? Where I was just like, man, if you just close the laptop, you successfully <laughs> cooked it, right? If you just close the laptop, it's everything's over. over. <laughs> Damn. I was like, no, nah, you can't do that. The Quest Love, tough it out, man. Just <laughs> it was you got kicking this in. Dog. 
<laughs> now I gotta That's look this awesome. up because you might have made some eggs. No, I don't even know. I think I just showed you the pantry or something, or it wasn't even. It wasn't that. Yeah, I said, see your kitchen, and yeah. I, f- I swore you made something. I know what? Tiffany has made uh, fried chicken on the air fryer. What did Hannibal make? The fact that Hannibal doesn't even remember. No, I didn't make it. Part. I didn't make anything. You just but showed your bare seasonings. I just closet. showed some seasonings and and just. Waited for my high to go down. <laughs> Sweated on camera. <laughs> Set up lights. I remember setting up lights more than anything. Yeah, rigged. All right, so gabbing is your secret talent. Uh, I know you stopped drinking for a minute. Yeah. Do you have like other drugs that you just prefer more so now, like mushrooms more so than I alcohol or weed like or whatever? Shrooms. I'm noticing, like, I don't really, I think on the road now, I think with, with the drinking, I think it's adjusting. I got, I got sober in a in a certain time, mm-hmm. and now I'm adjusting to a a different level of stimuli and a different life, and so that's a you know, with with doing music and, and and another level of activity where the traveling and and that part of it is 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 what's sort of getting me. But when I'm here and I'm as at home, I'm in the studio. I'm just you know seeing my daughter, so it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't pull me like that. But How old is she now? She two two and some change. Doing some change. She got some. Uh, she got strong. She she has strong musical opinions now. Oh Not wow! That one. She really want to hear Moana, one of the Moana songs. And if you uh, play the wrong one, not that one, not that one. She used to vibe to my stuff, but and she, but now it's like nah, not that one. I'll be playing her other stuff. You got to the age that of seven change. to 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 program your child to have good taste before she just yeah no takes we, over the radio. We're gonna yep. we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. <laughs> But it's dope. Actually, okay, before I close, I I, I kind of need advice. So this is like a community question for you people. And Hannibal, you can you can chime in. Yeah. Uh, our, our crew behind the, the cameras can chime in as well. Um, I need a creative idea for Halloween. And I don't know what to be, what to be? or what to, yeah. For your, um, oh, you mean for your like costume, costume or for your party? Uh, costume. Costume. I'm literally running out Ladies of ideas. party? Yeah. Go as Heidi. Heidi Klum? Yeah. Yeah. She went it. Wasn't she no, like a... No, he can't do that. Wasn't she like a, a worm or something? <laughs> no. I don't know if that was wise. Wow. Thank you, Steve. I, I, I appreciate that. Very wise today. Uh, Go as uh, Ty Tribbett and just be really energetic everywhere. Oh, shit. Wow. Oh, wow. shit. Wow. Oh, shit. You could go. Yo, Thaddeus, Thaddeus was my bass player on this, on this LL run, and... <laughs> So many I, I also I also blame Thaddeus for like Thaddeus in the roots. Shout out, you know, we we had a, a COVID situation with Mark, so Thaddeus had to replace Mark on the LL tour, and he made us a thirty-year-old group again. Like all that dancing, all that energy, and you kind of you saw the last night. So Thaddeus actually broke his leg. Um, Thaddeus broke his leg in Atlanta. So he was not supposed to be on his leg or dancing or whatever. So he pretty much, I don't even know if the audience knows that he was hopping on one foot the entire time. Wow. The entire show. Um, Yeah, those tributes are are a special kind of. You could be. How about Black Doc from Back to the Future? That's not as fun. That's just a coat, lab coat in a. Well, this way, I'm just trying to do anything that's short of Charlie Brown just putting a bunch of holes in the sheet and 
Saying I got a rock. You could be Denzel's character in. Oh, the, Denzel is me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that could be really kind Whatever. of meta. Yeah. Know, um, you could do Frederick Douglass. I was that's just, a doubt. I mean, um, <laughs> that's a Frederick Douglass. Coach Prime. <laughs> But like if you do Coach if you do Frederick Douglass, that could be funny. If you do if you do Frederick Douglass, you gotta go all the way. You gotta show up to the party with a white woman. Oh, <laughs> like you have to go, like go That's a harsh reality bit. that I wasn't ready to face That's today. Like, cool. Yeah, you gotta right. fully commit. You gotta go all the way in. Uh, oh. So maybe not the Frederick But he was Douglas. going He was <laughs> I like um <laughs> I think, that's a great question. The Lion. The Wiz is making a comeback. Mm, let me see. I got I'm a mean old lion. Those are uh, mean old lion. Uh, yeah, I, I might phone it in this year, man. Like, I, I don't what have any What is she going to do? That's, man, shit. How she don't run out of ideas? Mm-mm. Nah, she, you know, she's pre- whatever she's doing, I know she's preparing the last week of, of September. So my favorite costume I saw y'all do, and this was years ago, it was a root show, and y'all came out in the dead present As- makeup. Oh, that's, that's right. They yeah, used to do that. Y'all don't dress shit. up no more. That, well, we used to do Halloween stuff. shows. Yeah, but, no. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On behalf of Dante <laughs> Fullman, Meef Sandell, <laughs> who gets the last word? Pompey <laughs> Ill. Pompey oh, Ill. Done. Done. And uh, Syed. Out. Lane Claire. Lane Claire. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> and Bannable Hurris. Yes. <laughs> this is uh, Les Cove. Uh, and wow. thank you for listening to uh, our very long podcast. Is, is this a three hour? Man, listen. No, it's uh, two half, two half. That's not bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I love these quality shows when we get together and, and talk. So, nah, And this was yeah. a long time in the coming, too. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming through. For bro. sure. Thank y'all, you, man. All thank right. y'all for Next we'll time see. we do it live from your venue. All right. All right, Back. for sure. Ooh, wow. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, come on. Knitting Factory. Yeah. Come on. Is that what it's going to be called? QLS no, at the Knitting Factory. Okay. No, what's it going to be called? Can- or have you... Uh, wait, you're not calling it the Knitting Factory? No, that's... Uh, no. I got to create a new... I got a working title, Isola Sessions, but I'm still I'm still brainstorming. The Fitting Factory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> Made it out. Jake and Brittany, thank you very much. And we'll Fitting see you on the next go-round. <laughs> Sugar Steve. Thank you for listening to Questlove Supreme. This podcast is hosted by Amir Questlove Thompson, Laia St. Clair, Fonte Coleman, Sugar Steve Mandel, and unpaid Bill Sherman. The executive producers are Amir Questlove Thompson, Sean G., and Brian Calhoun. Produced by Brittany Benjamin, Jake Payne, and Laia St. Clair. Edited by Alex Conroy. Produced for iHeart by Noel Brown and Mike Johns. Audio engineering by Graham Gibson at iHeart's LA Studio. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeart Radio. For more podcasts from iHeart Radio, visit the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, 
and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.